Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. Really excited today um, to share this incredible person in this episode with you because I firsthand know how impactful this woman has been in my business and the growth of it. We are going to be talking to Nicole Jackson today. And Nicole, what she does, really what her genius is, is that she helps business leaders or emerging business leaders develop and manage teams that they can trust so that they can actually breathe again and get their life back. And the purpose of her brand is really to help people work better together and have a more satisfying business in life. She does this through private consulting. She does this through online courses, and she does this through a year-long mastermind program. Now, I had such the joy and really luck to be able to work with Nicole and her team a few years ago. She had an agency where she would had a, had a group of amazing project managers that worked with her. And I reached out to Nicole because at the time I needed help and I didn't know what to do and I didn't know where to go. And I had hired like a, an assistant, but I could tell that I needed more help than just that. And um, I had talked to some peers of mine and they said, I think it's time for you to hire a project manager. And I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> they were like, just call Nicole. She'll have your back. And she did. Through Nicole, I was able to meet D Reller, who ended up being a project manager on my team for over two years. And D and Nicole, they helped me launch this podcast. They helped me launch Pitch It Perfect, which is my online program. They helped me get it to what is called Evergreen, to where it's fully automated. They also helped me launch the Influencer Academy, which is my other signature program. And um, were really integral parts of just helping me streamline, efficient size, and manage the projects that we were working on so I could grow. She is such a wealth of knowledge. Her, she really knows how to help people find the right people that they need in their business and kind of get the right people in the right seats. So she has since really transitioned more into doing that, as I mentioned, through private consulting and through a mastermind program, because she really loves to work with people one-on-one. But if that's not in the cards for you, she has an online course, which is incredible, that really kind of helps you figure out how to operate your business at an optimal level. So let's dive into all great things, Nicole, so you can learn a thing or two, just like I did when I had the privilege of working with her three, four years ago and get to continue to do so now. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Julie. I'm so excited that you're here and I can't believe that you haven't been on yet. (laughs) I know I've been a fan forever. (laughs) Well, and we've worked together in various capacities, which we'll talk about today for a very long time. I mean, you and your, your team and, and the company that you were really doing at the time was, that was one of my first hires ever. I know. Yeah. It's been amazing to see the transformation in in my business and then also to see where your business has gone. And it's been, yeah, it's been fun to be a part of it for a while because you start, I don't know, there's just some amazing conversations that can be had and yeah, there's so much growth coming too. I know. 
Yeah. And it's just, you're so incredible. You're just an amazing human being first off, and you're incredible at what you do and just being able to support other entrepreneurs in the way that you do and really hold space so intentionally. So I'm so happy that you're here today. And with that said, could you share a little bit about what it is that you do? Sure. Of course. So I support service providers when it comes to leadership and management. And this has completely evolved over the course of the past few years, which you know, Julie, um, I started out in, in television and kind of worked my way up the ladder there and realized that what I truly loved was helping people with their people. And so one of my brilliances was communication and really being able to meet people where they were at, whether they were like an executive or an engineer or on the creative department. And when I started getting more familiar with online small businesses, I realized there was such a need in that realm, um, not necessarily at the same magnitude, but a lot of the online business owners I was meeting were having the same struggles as some of the managers that I knew in corporate. And so the first iteration of my business was being the project manager in my business. And I would help business owners with their projects. And from there, I grew a team of people. And now I've transitioned more into consulting where I help leaders and managers really cultivate those relationships with first themselves (laughs) and then with the people that they're interacting with every day. Mm, And I would love to share because that's essentially kind of what we worked together, but at the time it was a little bit different. So I originally came to you and your team and your company to help me with project management and um, on launching this podcast and growing it and launching my programs and growing those things and um, got to work with your team over a year on various things. And then you and I kind of joined forces when I knew that I needed to, because at the time I was kind of outsourcing a lot of those things. And when I knew that it was time to put my big girl pants on and hire a full-time employee, which was so terrifying, I came to you for that onboarding. So could you share a little bit about how how that genius and that brilliance that you were just talking about, how it kind of helps in these various different things, project management, full-time employees, like when do you know what to do and what should you be looking for? And, and, and how do those unique pieces come together? Yeah, absolutely. So, so the common thread that I see is working with business owners when they know that they need support and they're not really sure what it is that they need to do next. And oftentimes when I see business owners who are working on projects, slowly growing the business, still testing to see what's working and what's not working for their business, oftentimes they will bring in a project manager and continue to be the main leader and manager inside of their business. And this works really well, especially as they're solidifying their offers and testing out what's working and really putting together a long-term plan. And then once they've built that up, they typically get to a point where they've grown, hopefully, and need some additional support. And so um, when it comes to like the day-to-day management of the business and really being able to hand off um, the ongoing operations in addition to the projects, that's usually when people will bring in you know, a director of operations or a chief operating officer. And the common thread of all of these things and why I've been so interested in all of them is it's really supporting 
people in stepping into their management, no, no matter what their role is in the business. And so, you know, you may be the one that's directly responsible for the implementers on your team. You may get to a point where you're ready to bring in a manager. And now all of a sudden you're having to manage a manager, which is completely different than managing implementers. And the common thread that I love about this is really helping people understand themselves, form like their own self-awareness and really being mindful when it comes to their leadership and helping them step into their leadership so that they can really have the conversations that need to be had with other people and empower people on their team to step into their leadership too. But it starts with yourself. And so I've noticed that from being the only project manager and working with clients to having a team and working with my team and clients and now working with the business leaders that I work with. And, and the same thing when it comes to, um, you know, working in corporate and working in bigger businesses, it's, it's really understanding yourself and where you're at so that you can really help support the people around you. And then everyone grows together. And I think that can be the toughest thing to do is kind of understanding like who you are and what you need and being able to ask for that. And that's um, what I would love to dive into next. Cause I know just from my own personal journey, I was probably doing my own thing like solopreneur, you know, I might've hired out like things that like, I just could not do like graphic design, you know, but like little by little, cause I didn't have a lot of money to invest in my business and invest in myself. But then as things start to kind of go and move along and you start to make more here and there, I got to a place probably over a year into my business that I was like, I don't know what else to do now. Like, I I think I've done everything. Like, I may need to hire somebody. I don't know if I do or what that looks like or who that is or, or, or what that is. I just feel like I'm working a lot on the same thing over and over again. And I'm kind of getting stuck and I'm kind of all over the place. And so when I had that feeling come up, that's when I had heard of, you know, things like project managers and like, I'd never even heard of that, of of what that was. And at the time, that's kind of what I needed, but that was from my own experience. What else do you see? Cause I'm trying to think for the, for the person that's listening today that is like, okay, so I have this side hustle thing. You know, I also maybe have a full-time job. I know I want to scale. I know I want to grow and I know I need more support and help to do that, whether it's a process, a person or a system but what do I do and where do I go and how do I know that I'm making the the next best step? Yeah, no, that's such a good question because it is, it's something that everyone, that's usually the first question that people ask me when we first get started. Um, And what I recommend that people do is really take an inventory of what it is that you are responsible day-to-day inside of your business, whether that's your full-time job right now or if that's on the side. When I first started my business, I I was working my full-time job and I was starting to grow my project management business on the side. I was working with people who were in Australia and the time zones happened to work with when I was available. Um, But I knew that I needed to hire someone next inside of my business. And so I did this brain dump where it's like, okay, what are all of the things that I'm doing right now? And I would rate them in three different ways. One was, am, am I skilled and experienced when it comes to this? Do I have the experience? Does this come easy to me? The second was um, my preference. Do I like this? <laughs> right? Because you can be really skilled at something, but you may hate it. Right. And vice versa too. It's like, oh, like I kind of like this. But then, I mean, I remember going and I loved posting blogs, but every time I would post it, that formatting 
would just be so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. And then I would spend like an hour and a half trying to just, I've already written it. Um, just trying to format this blog post. Um, and then the last thing I usually will rate it on is something that I, I talk about often with clients, which is based on how I take action. So I am a big um, fan of the Colby assessment, um, which is measuring how you naturally take action uh, when it comes to the work that you do, when it comes to completing projects. Do you gather information? Do you just have an idea and go with it? Do you need to organize a system? Um, and so I like to rate each task based on if it matches how I, I take action. And then from there, I can kind of give it a full number. Like you could rate each one, one to three and then see, okay, what am I not good at? What don't I really like? And what am I not really great at taking action around and circle all of those and then see, okay, does this, who is this person? Because, you know, in our industry, and I think it's common in any industry, actually, people wear multiple hats. We have multi-passionate people, um, contractors, employees. And, and so you may, I think the first step is really getting clear on what it is that you need, because there's likely a person out there that can fit maybe eat most of it or part of it. And that's where you can start to get creative. But a lot of times I find that clients don't find the, the support that they need because they haven't gotten clear on what they needed in the first place. Now, I also like to take a look at financials and make sure that, you know, based on the things that you're doing, you know, I would also ask yourself, which of these are really moving the needle? Like, are there some things, you know, you can delete uh, off of this list because right now it's just not a priority. It's not, if you're you know, focus, especially if you're still working at a job is to really get your business into a place where you can leave your job and run it full time. You'll want to make sure that what you're hiring out for is helping you see that return. So I like to do both of those, regardless really of what phase of business you're in, um, because it gives you a good picture on, okay, like these are the tasks that need to go first. And then these are next. And then you can also take a look at the financials and see, okay, like, where does this make sense? I would love to just delegate all of this right now, but unfortunately, you know, we have some constraints. So where can we get creative? Mm, yeah. I like that idea. Cause I think a lot of times it's like all or nothing. We either want to do all of it or we're just like, I don't want to do any of it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Give it all away. It's very dramatic sometimes when it's in your head. And I think, you know, when you're operating in your business, it can be hard to take a step back and actually breathe for a minute and see what needs to happen. And so I find that things become very dramatic when they're in my brain, especially in the middle of the night, like especially late at night. So that's where actually writing everything else on paper, it can actually make it a lot easier to digest and then take action around. Yeah. Um, speaking of taking action, I want to dive into that a little bit more. You mentioned the Colby, which I learned from you years yeah. ago. And I actually, it's now a requirement that if you work with my team, even if you're just a contractor that like may or may not pop in for random launches or whatnot, you know, you have to, well, not that there's random launches, but you know what I mean? It's <laughs> not a consistent, intentional. right. <laughs> But it's not a consistent person that we may be working with on a, on a day-to-day basis. We make everyone take the assessment. So quick overview of what it is and why you feel so passionate about everyone listening that's an entrepreneur that is growing their business. Not only do they need to take it themselves, mm-hmm. but then that kind of gives them an idea of where are the holes for them that they need to fill in terms yes. of like who is the right person to get into this right seat. 
Yes, I love that. So um, the Colby assessment is a assessment that measures how you naturally take action. So just to back up a little bit, um, there are three parts of the mind, thinking, feeling, and doing. So thinking is cognitive. Um, feeling is affective. And so it's how you feel. It's your preferences. It's your wants and desires. And then you have um, doing, which is how you naturally go to take action. So if you think about it, the last time that you have wanted to strive or complete a project, what is it that you naturally do first? And so the different areas that Colby measures is fact finder, which is gathering information. And Julie, both you and I are in the fact finder realm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. My friends, as creators, we work so hard creating our content. So we don't want to leave it up to things like an algorithm to determine how successful our online brands and businesses can be. And that is why I love Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs like myself build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. And I know they can help you too. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, your passions, your experiences into enriching offers like online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. What I love about Kajabi is that not only does it make it super easy to use, but they don't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. You don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income online. I talk about that all the time here on the podcast. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures without having hundreds of thousands of followers, and you can too. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. And so you can initiate with FactFinder, which means that you have a lot of energy to research and gather information and ask questions. You can accommodate, which means that you um, kind of like review the research and pull out what you what you're interested in, um, but you don't necessarily have as much energy to be the one doing the research. And then there's counteracting fact finder, which means you just want the bottom line. You don't have enough energy to 
be the one to do the research. Then we have follow through, which is how you organize information and how you design systems. And so this could be in the form of like an outline. Um, it could be as a part of an actual system that you are designing for your company. So uh, project management system, email marketing system. If you initiate, you have a lot of energy to do that. If you accommodate, you have a little bit of energy, but it's probably best if somebody else does it and you maintain the system that's created. Counteracting is you like to break the systems, <laughs> which is my husband, which we will talk about in a minute. <laughs> Now, there are no weaknesses. It's not like strengths and weaknesses. All of these are strengths. And the reason, I mean, you can imagine somebody who likes to organize systems and somebody who likes to break systems being in a room together and they could drive each other nuts if they didn't know that those were actually both strengths and have some strategies for how to communicate together. Um, the third is quick start. So that is your ability to take action and handle risks. So if you initiate with quick start, your tolerance for risks, it's pretty high. You may have an idea. You could brainstorm all day. I see a lot of people who are in sales who are initiating quick starts. Um, accommodating a quick start would be, you know, the ability to hang with the quick starts, but also understanding that things take some time and wanting to actually make sure that they're moving forward on the right things. And then we have counteracting quick starts, which really um, try to avoid risk and, um, and move forward with like the one thing that makes sense and not change something that's working. Um, and the last one is implementer, which is how you handle space and tangibles. So this isn't, we don't look at this as much in online business, but um, I see this a lot with um, people who build like build with their hands. They can build something from nothing. Um, and I'm talking about like a dresser or a model of something. Those would be the initiating implementers. Um, and then counteracting implementers, which is the other side of the spectrum is more, you're able to understand concepts without needing a physical thing in front of you. Um, and so the way that you can look at this is it's like, okay, if I go to take action, what do I like to do first? Like I have some people who are like, I want to do this idea and I'm ready to move forward tomorrow. And I have never been, I've gotten excited and have wanted to take action. But if I take action too quick, I just like regret it. And it's because I initiate with FactFinder. I need information. And then I like to organize it in a system. And then I feel comfortable taking action. So when you're looking at this for your business, you first know thyself. And that's a big thing. And what I talk about and teach is use it for yourself. Use it to give yourself a break. I know a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs who are not quick starts and see quick starts around them and just like get really frustrated of, I'm not making, I'm not taking action fast enough. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Like, it's okay. You are perfect just the way you are. And what you should try and find are people that complement your Colby. And it's okay. Usually we say that anyone the different um, areas have numbers one through 10. And so we usually say if it's more than a four, like the number four separation between someone, you could have a conflict. It's not that you can't work together. It's just, you need to know that about yourself and about the other person so that you can have strategies around that. And you also don't want like, or at least I remember you saying, I'm someone who's a seven fact finder. So I'm going to be high. Like I'm going to need a little bit of information. I'm going to want to research things. I'm probably going to want to like organize it and like 
make steps, you know, yes, an SOP, but I also don't want a room full of other fact finders around because then all we're going to be doing is sitting there fact finding, and then we're not going to actually implement anything. So it's kind of about finding what your, what your high number is. And then wherever your low number is, you, you may need that person. Like for me, I may need a quick start on a team so I can say, these are all of my ideas. This is everything that I've researched. This is everything that I want to do. Now go do it. Yes. Make it happen. Absolutely. It's, it's easy when you have um, more than one fact finder in the room to get into analysis paralysis where you're constantly wanting to research. Now, if you know, you deal with what you have, because, you know, some people will have multiple team members where they can have different Colby's and some people might not, but that's where you can bring out outside people, or you can be aware of it. I have a team member. She's also, I'm an eight fact finder and she is too. And we'll, we'll give ourselves a time limit for how long we can talk about something. And then we need to take action and make a decision too. So it's really interesting. And the more diversity you can have, the better. And the most important thing is just, just be aware of it. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So taking action, what about going into challenges? of growing a business, scaling a business. Um, one of the things that I would love for you to touch on, because I know that you are someone who you're, you're kind of in the midst of a, of an, of a transition and an evolution of even what you do. And I think that that's really inspiring for people listening. Cause as you mentioned before, with the multi-passions, a lot of times people feel like, well, if I start this thing, I have to stay here. Otherwise it's going to be a waste of time, money, resources, and energy. And, you know, then I keep at it for a while and you know then i want to kind of go to something else but then i feel guilty so i would love for you just to kind of share how have you kind of navigated that space of giving yourself the permission and the grace to say i've learned what i've done here now it's time to kind of pivot because i think pivoting is vital in sustainability and growth as a business person mm-hmm. um, so how have you done that and then what are some of the challenges that have kind of happened and how have you kind of embrace those and, and use them, um, to help you get to that next stage. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that the biggest thing that I've learned over the past few years is to pay attention. And one practice I do often, and I recommend to other people is to do mini debriefs. And we've talked about like launch debriefs before, you know, after you have a a project debriefs, after you have a project, it's like, what went well, what didn't go well, Like, did we learn any, what did we learn to implement next time? And so I started this practice when I first started, actually, even before I started my business, when I worked in television, where it was like, okay, what's going well right now? What's not going well right now? And what do I need to do to change it? Um, And really taking um, my life and my business into my own hands. And I think oftentimes what I see with with, um, entrepreneurs and business owners is like, well, you know, I'm in this position because of X, Y, and Z. And of course, like we all make choices and sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't. And, um, but I think that there's always a learning lesson behind everything. And so one thing that I have done is really paid attention to myself. And part of that, which was really can be hard is to clear out space to be, to be able to even listen. A big thing that I teach when it comes to leadership is using your intuition 
And if there's so much noise around you and there's so many opinions, especially other people's strong opinions, and you're not taking the time to actually listen to yourself, that inner compass is not going to be available to you for you to even know what it is that you need to do next. Cause ultimately only, you know, <laughs> and, and I talk about this with my clients cause I do coaching and teaching with clients. And I'm like, listen, I'm here to guide and to give you some options based on my experience and what I see and what I hear and ask you questions. But like, ultimately you do you and we can co-create this. And so, um, and so really doing that debrief of what's working, what's not, and what change do I need to make? And then making that change, um, pretty quickly. And sometimes it's a very small change. It doesn't have to be this big change, but sometimes it's having a conversation with someone. Um, sometimes it's, you know what, I need a break. I need like a minute to get back to myself again. And through this, I've, it's funny because I have a lot of friends that work at a job and change for them feels so scary because they've worked at the job for years. And it's just the, I think the less that you change, the harder it becomes to change. And so I used to totally be one of those people. I worked in TV for eight years. I'm like, I don't know if I don't make this business thing work, like, what am I going to do? I guess I'll go back. It changed. I change was so risk-taking was so scary to me. And now it's like, Oh, I'll figure it out. Right. Because having your own business allows you to change and it allows you to do what you want. And I think the more that you can pay attention to yourself and really give yourself that space to know, it makes it easier because it's also the flip side of that is that you don't want to make a change too quickly. You know, like I also see sometimes people making changes, quick changes to avoid pain when it's like, you know, oh, you know, I, I, I'm running this business. I see this a lot with service providers. I'm running this business and it's not working out and I don't know what to do. And I think I just need to burn it all down and start, start something new. Maybe, and maybe you need to take a look at like, what's not working and you need to take a look at your boundaries. And like, for me, I struggled with perfectionism a lot growing up and, I knew that if I never addressed the, it, the job wasn't the problem, the perfectionism was the problem. And if I didn't address that, that would follow me no matter what I did. Um, so really finding that balance when you're changing between like honoring what it is that you want to do next and being okay to change and pivot, but also not doing it to avoid pain and pushing things down that will just then repeat themselves. Yeah. I think a lot of times we feel like if something's uncomfortable, then it's like wrong and bad and we need to avoid it. But, you know, I love the analogy of well, riding a, learning how to ride a bike was uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh I'm sure God. learning how to walk was uncomfortable. I just don't uh-huh. remember it, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, well, you talked about perfectionism and I want to touch on that because I feel like a lot of, a lot of our incredible community of women and some men who listen to the podcast, um, also deal with that. And so how were you able to face that and to, I don't want to say like overcome it. Cause I don't really ever think it like leaves you if that's just one of your, I, I feel like, you know, it's like a defect of character, but it's also can also be an asset of character too. So how were you able to kind of face it in a way that it worked for you instead of against you? And if, do you have any tools or steps that people can maybe start to apply if they feel like the perfectionism thing is kind of keeping them from really taking it to that next level? 
Yeah. So I would, the first thing that I did was just pay attention to how perfectionism was showing up. And I didn't even know that it was perfectionism at the time. The way it was coming up was through an eating disorder and through like over drinking and coping with things because I was either like so on or just totally off. And so luckily I had been I don't know how it happened, but I really, I've just always wanted to be better. And I just would not accept, um, not feeling good. And so, and I didn't really find, I mean, this started in college. Like I never really found the solution until a little bit later on. And I'm still like uncovering what it is that I need and when I need it. Um, but I always was looking for something. And I remember I was in New York city and I remember looking on, um, the internet for somebody to help me with like nutrition and food. And cause that was how I was coping. And I stumbled upon this woman who did mindfulness based eating. And I thought that that was interesting. And so I went to see her thinking that she would put together a nutrition plan for me and it had nothing to do with food like at all. Right. And so we ended up talking about, you know, me feeling like I had to like show up as this other person or me needing to act a certain way or be perceived a certain way and how much energy that was taking up that then I was exhausted. And so every um, extreme has an equal and opposite extreme. And so I was just so on and wanting to be perfect all the time during work that I would leave work and be like, I'm done. Like what, like, how do I get rid of this? Like I'm out. And it was like crazy Nicole coming out, which was fun and also not fun. It wasn't sustainable long-term. Right. Right. (laughs) So, um, that's when I learned about mindfulness and I really realized like, I need to figure this out. And my job was really challenging, um, which was good in many ways. And it challenged myself professionally and personally. And I knew if I could figure this out, um, I could, I could do it anywhere. I'm like, if I can do it here, I can do it anywhere. And so that's really what I've, I mean, that helped me uncover the perfectionism and then it's a practice. Um, I highly recommend, um, practicing meditation. I follow a woman, Sharon Salzberg. She does a lot of mindfulness-based meditation. Um, Pema Chodron, she's, um, someone I follow as well. And, but finding what works for you to just quiet out the noise and get in touch with yourself and what's true to you. And after implementing mindfulness, I got promoted. I, you know, was having like a pretty successful career and I, things were easier. I didn't have to, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I knew this before because I actually didn't need to try as hard because in trying, I was actually making it worse in many ways. And so this is now what I use mindfulness, which is basically it's self-awareness without judgment. So it's seeing what's going on in the present moment without judging it. A lot of people are great at self-awareness, not so great with judgment. It's like, well, this is where I'm at right now, but why am I still here? And I was struggling this with it before. And I wish I could just did it like, you know, to really pay attention without judging, um, will change your experience. And then you know, being able to bring that into your business and be an example to team members and clients and, you know, your, your audience will, um, will just, it will, it will change you and it will change everyone around you too. I love that. Thank you for for diving into all of that. Um, so for today, 
what is the next phase for what you're diving into and what you're doing and the transition of, of how you've shown up and served and, and how that's going to look differently as we get into 2020. 2020. Crazy. <laughs> New decade. Yeah, it, it has been an evolution for sure. And what I'm really focused in on now is leadership and management and helping people step into their leadership in their lives and with the people around them. Um, and so up until this point, you know, it's funny because I, I've been doing this from the very beginning and over the course of the past year, it's kind of clicked into place that this is something that everyone needs. Um, and what's really fascinating to me about it is that when you start applying this at, in your own business or at your job, it ends up then showing up in your personal relationships and everywhere. Um, and so, you know, what's next is really stepping into doing more consulting and really making this information more accessible for, for more people. Um, you know, right now we're focused in on done for you service providers. So graphic designers and publicists and people who are actually doing work inside for other businesses and helping them, um, really deliver an excellent experience to their clients. And then also, really develop a support system for themselves as well. Um, and I also do some consulting with other businesses, um, startups and um, other types of businesses like uh, course businesses, program businesses too, to help people tap into their leadership and really apply these concepts to themselves and then also help them um, support their team and the people around them step up in their leadership too. Awesome. It's going to be so good. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, thank you. So uh, just a couple of, of more quick questions. Um, what does influence mean to you? Influence means to me the ability to make change. And I'm a huge, um, I'm a firm believer in the domino effect and that each and every action that we take has the ability to affect so many more people. And I've seen this um, you know, as I've stepped up into my leadership and as my clients have stepped up, up into theirs, like the ability to be able to be content and good with who you are and then be able to show up in conversations with other people and have the courage to have conversations and, and really empower other people then impacts everyone in their lives too. And for good or for bad. And so I think by really diving into, mindfulness and management and leadership and developing yourselves and really being an integrity for yourself, you are then um, influencing everyone around you. And that's how you have the ability to change the world. And sometimes it starts with one small action or conversation. Hmm. And then um, most, I want to say the biggest piece of, of business advice that you, you got, but what was the one that, that really helped you the most? I would say you've got this is a big thing that, um, I've actually, I have it written down in front of me right now, actually, because it's so simple, the phrase you've got this, but it, it reminds you that, that you can, you can, make change and you can do it and you can step up and the power lies within you. It doesn't lie in other people. And, 
um, bringing that back to self, it allows you to know that you're able to handle anything that comes your way. And I think that that's what a lot of business owners get freaked out with sometimes. It's like, oh my gosh, like this thing happened and this thing happened. And if you're growing, things are going to happen that you've never had to deal with before. But if you know that you've got this and you have it within you to be able to figure it out and to be able to reach out to the right resources, um, to be able to um, have the conversations that need to be had, had, then then it's going to work. Love that. And then um, what is one thing that you wish you would have known when you started out? Oh, um, just one. Yeah, just one. I would say it's a journey. I remember starting out as a project manager and I, I knew that that wasn't the end game and it kind of freaked me out because I was making this big change, moving from a job to, um, running my own business. And it's like, no, I have to know what I'm doing. And this has come up recently too. It's like, sometimes you can have this vision for yourself and it's also okay to just take the next step. And that next step may not be that end destination, but it's getting you closer to it. I remember reading the book, The Big Leap. And I was, have you read the book, The Big Leap? Yeah, Yeah. you gave it to me actually. Oh, okay. It was one of those books where like the end, I did not want to read the end chapter because it tells you how to live in your zone of genius. And I was just like, I'm a fraud. I don't think I'm living in my zone of genius. And, um, and that wasn't true. It was just, I was doing what was next on my journey and, and that's like, that's okay. And then slowly, you know, even working in television, I remember thinking like, why am I here? This is so challenging now being in this position uh, looking back, it's like, oh, this all makes sense. So that would be my the advice I wish I got. And what I would say to anyone is that like, you are on the right path and, and stick to it. Yeah. I love that. Um, well, where can people find you and online and on social media as well? Yeah. So you can find me at NicoleJacksonMiller.com. And then my, I'm hang, uh, I hang out on Instagram a lot. So the handle is Nicole Jackson Miller. Yes. And make sure to go to juliesolomon.net slash podcast today. If you want to download a free transcript of today's episode with Nicole, you can do that there. You'll just click the photo with her beautiful face on it. And then there'll be a download in there for you. Um, Well, thank you, Nicole, so much for coming on. This was super fun. And I could just like pick your brain all day because you're just so amazing. Um, So I appreciate you spending time with us today. And I can't wait to hear um, the feedback that we get from all of our incredible listeners. Amazing. Thanks for having me, Julie. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the Influencer Podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right. I will see you again, same time, same place next week.